you have your Bible and read with us. We're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse number 13. I pray the Holy Ghost will move in children's church this morning just like he's doing out here. Sister Vicki asked me would it be all right to have an altar service teach our kids to pray in the altar just like we would be doing out here at the close of our service. It's like, Lord, yeah. Amen. Lord, yes. Amen. I'd love to hear that God's filling them with the Holy Ghost at the back while he's filling us in the sanctuary. There's been a lot of awareness raised of revival in this hour due to the Asbury College some people, you know, are critiquing it and others are promoting it. But at the very least, it's been, it's raised our need for revival, the awareness of our need for revival in our land. And uh, I'm in agreement. And I think we'd all be better off if we were seeking it like they were seeking it. Amen. <laughs> you, you may not agree with every way, every method, anything like that. But uh, I do agree that we all need to be seeking God for revival. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13, we'll begin reading in our text. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven and I also, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want to use verse number 18 for our text this morning. I want to title the message, I will build my church. I will build my church. Father, we thank you again for the word of God. You said that heaven and earth would pass away, but you declare that my word will never pass away. And we ask you today, you'll speak to our heart through the word of God. You'll anoint the preaching and the hearing and the receiving of the word of God. You'll meet us in this altar, doing everlasting work in each and every heart. Or if there's one here to be saved, I pray that you would draw them under repentance around this altar this morning. If someone needs to be healed, I pray that the healing power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, would be a reality in somebody's life today. And I pray, Lord, that you would fill us all anew with the power of your spirit. God, we praise you for it. We ask it together in Christ's name. If you love him, would you say amen? amen. 
while it doesn't make the national news or even the local news, new churches are still springing up all around this globe. We're trying to finish one right now in Bukembe, Kenya, and we're excited about being a part of starting one in Jalander, India, as we are trying to help purchase property there. And all over this globe, the Spirit of God is still moving Amen. and working, and God is still building a church. Hallelujah. Christ is fulfilling his word until this very day, his promise that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The most astonishing part of this construction, Jesus saying, I will build my church, is that the man, Christ Jesus, the carpenter of Nazareth, probably never built anything much larger than a bench, a table, a chair, a stool, or a yoke for a set of oxen. Yet he stood before his disciples and said, I will build my church and it will last from generation unto generation and ultimately it will fill the heaven of heavens. Let's look at his statement again where he said, I, the divine builder, will the divine decree build the divine method, my, the divine possession, church, the divine structure. That's good. First of all, from these words, I want to look at the man who's going to build this church. Secondly, I want us to look at the method that he employs in building this church. And lastly, I want us to look at the materials that he uses in building such a church. When a builder's chosen, his credentials must be carefully examined. Is he licensed, bonded, and insured? What is his rating with the Better Business Bureau? What is his reputation in the community and in the business world? What experience does he have? Who are his references? Let's look at Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter. Does he have the credentials? Does he meet the qualifications? Can he build a church? All of those are legitimate questions. The church that Jesus has proposed to build is built, first of all, on the proclamation of his deity. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some say that you're Elijah. Some say that you're Jeremiah. Some say that you're John the Baptist, back from the dead, or one of the other prophets. Who do you say that I, the son of man, am? I say Thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
And I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not Peter, whose name means a stone, but upon this rock, the foundation of your profession that I am the Christ. Upon this profession that I am Christ, that I am God manifest in the flesh, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Notice again, I will build my church with the emphasis on I. Jesus didn't say we will build our, our church. They will build my church. Somebody will build me a church, but he said, I will build my church. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, he associated himself personally with the remark that was made unto Moses at the burning bush because that would be God's symbolic name throughout uh, the, the history of mankind is that when God revealed himself unto Moses in Exodus 13 or Exodus 3 in chapter or verses 13 and 14, Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am coming to the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers, hath sent me unto you, and they say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Amen. It is, it is the Hebrew word that we pronounce Jehovah. But it was considered so holy, so revered among the Jews that they would not even pronounce his name. And throughout centuries of the name not even being pronounced from one generation unto the others, the Jews have most likely lost the proper pronunciation of it because no man even dared to speak it to speak his name because it was so holy and revered. But uh, in our tongue, in English, it simply states, I am that I am. He said, you tell him, I am have sent me unto you. And in John 8 and verse number 57, Jesus incensed the Pharisees and the Jews with hatred for they did not believe upon him then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. All right. Hallelujah to God. Then they took up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Listen, he said, before Abraham was, I am. What he's saying, I was the one that spoke to Moses in that burning bush. That was me. That was my voice. And they considered it blasphemy because they did not believe that he was the Christ. He was saying, Abraham was. Abraham used to be. Abraham once was. But I am. 
the bush. He said, I'm the eternal I am. And the bush still burns and stands here before you still speaking. Right. Yeah. Amen. When in conversation with the woman at the well in John chapter number four, after telling all the things which ever she had done, she made the statement. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Now I'm reading unto you out of my King James Bible, and it says in verse 26, Jesus saith unto her, letters in red, I that speak unto thee am. And that's the end of the red. I that speak unto thee am. But in italicized letters written in gray, meaning that it was placed there by the writers to help us better understand the context of what he was saying, they added the word he. I that speak unto thee am he. But literally, in the original text, in the Hebrew, it would have been translated, Jesus saith unto her, I am. I know that when Messiah comes, uh, he's going to teach us all things. He said, lady, I am. Hallelujah to God. In John chapter 6, after feeding the multitude, he declared, I am the bread of life. Notice the I am there. In John chapter 9, after healing the man born blind, he declared, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 10, I am the door of the sheepfold. I am the good shepherd. To the sorrowful Martha in chapter number 11, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 14, I am the way the truth and the life. In John 15, I am the true vine. In John chapter 18, Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place for Jesus oftentimes, resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am. Yeah. Hallelujah. Again, it's in italicized letters, the writers added the word he for, for, for understanding context as they translated it into English. But in the original text, only two words are read in your Bible and in mine. He said unto them, I am. And Judas also which betrayed him stood with them. And as soon as he had said unto them, I am, they went backwards and fell to the ground. I want to tell you, if Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, uh, when he declared his name, I am, and it made a legion of Roman troops uh, fall to the ground. Can you imagine what it's going to be like uh, to stand before Christ uh, when he's in all of his glory that he had with the Father in the beginning uh, and his name, his great and wonderful name echoes throughout uh, the expanse of the universe. Uh, 
He's the I am. Can you imagine every knee's going to bow? Every tongue's going to confess. God hath given him a name. Have, have highly exalted him and have given him a name that is above every name. He's still the I am. He further declares in Revelation chapter 1, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and of death. He said, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And in chapter 22, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Can or does he have the credentials? And can he build a church? Can he who built a nation out of 70 people from the house of Abraham until they became over 2 million under the eyes of Pharaoh? Can he who stacked up the waters of the Red Sea and made the children of Israel cross on dry ground? Can he who provided water from a rock and manna from heaven. Can he who calmed the wind and the waves and walked on the water, can he who fed the multitudes in the wilderness with a few loaves and fishes, can he who raised Lazarus from the dead after four days of stench and death and rigor mortis, can he who defied the seal of Caesar and tore away the bars of death, can he who destroyed principalities and powers uh, triumphing over them in the victory of an empty eastern tomb. Can he who sets at the Father's right hand ever living and interceding, can he build a church in this late year of 2023 the church of the wilderness the church of the dark ages the true church of today and the church yet unborn answers with a thunderous amen he can he can he can glory to God he can hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been wanting to preach this because I believe in today. I believe in him. I believe that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And I believe that you're going to build a church that hell itself cannot overcome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Not only is his deity the foundation of his statement, but it's also the foundation of the decree, the divine decree. He said, I will. Not I hope to. Not I plan to. Not I propose to. Not I will start so that someone else can finish, but I will. But Jesus, how will you do it? I'll purchase it with my blood as a ransom. I'll buy the whole field to obtain the treasure hidden within it, the church. I'll lay down my life upon the cross 
of suffering. I'll arise in victory from the grave. I'll ascend to my Father. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will possess them. I will obsess them. I will motivate them, energize them, captivate them, quicken them, ignite them, inflame them, and send them to the ends of the earth with a standing order to preach my gospel to every creature. I will. He said with full knowledge of what lie ahead. Now, I would say to somebody, because I did not have foreknowledge, but God has foreknowledge. Whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. God foreknew who would believe in him and who wouldn't? Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I want to tell you, if I had foreknew some of the things that God wanted to do, yes, I'd have took a different route. That's right. Oh, Tried yeah. to find an easier way. I would have had to said, if I had only known, or if I had knew then what I know now, I may not have done what I done or the way that I done it. But he knew what lay ahead. He knew that Peter would deny him. He knew that Judas would betray him. He knew the disciples would flee and forsake him. He knew the persecution that awaited and yet awaits the church. He knew the hungry lions uh, and the blood-soaked arenas. Uh, he knew about the burning stakes. Uh, he knew about Roman guillotines. Uh, he knew about Stalin. He knew about Hitler. He knew about Putin, uh, about Emperor Xi. He knew about Obama, Pelosi, Schumer, Nadler, Schiff, uh, and Biden. He knew about the apostasy, the blasphemy, the worldliness, uh, and the degradation that lie ahead. He knew about the, the Supreme Court's decision to legalize uh, homosexuality in marriage. He knew about uh, Roe versus Wade uh, and legalized abortion. He knew there would come a great depression. Uh, he knew about the current day debt crisis uh, and the inflation rates uh, and the gas prices and still he looked ahead and said I will build my church yeah. hallelujah to God he still said I will and I figured out by now he's going to build a church not because of us but rather in spite of us meaning which of us haven't got it wrong mess up some way or somehow failed in some manner in spite of legalism, ecumenism, and every other ism or schism, in spite of Peter denying him three times, uh, Judas uh, backstabbing him, in spite uh, of the church's history, oh my God, uh, uh, of either being uh, legalism uh, or worldly or whatever, in spite of our headquarters uh, 
Amen. In spite of men going astray, in spite of ministries uh, that wouldn't pray and fast, uh, in spite uh, of preachers uh, that only preach for ill-gotten gain and filthy lucre, in spite of us uh, not being faithful as he's called us to be, he is still building right. his church. Yeah. Thank God. I want us to stop now and look at the method. I will build. We tend to, as men, plant churches. But Jesus didn't say, I will plant my church. Jesus said, I will build my church. I've never seen that before. I said, the Lord said to me, you plant churches, but I build churches. The best you can do is sow the seed. The best somebody else can do is come behind you and water it uh, that it might grow. You plant, uh, but I build. Thanks be to God, there is a difference. Psalms 27 and verse one, except the Lord, Build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Set the Lord, keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. To build requires the plan of an architect. I want to say it again. To build requires the plan of an architect. I don't know how to build a church. But Jesus said, I am a master builder and I'm also the master designer. Hallelujah. As divine creator, oh, he laid out a master plan and a master design for the entirety of the expanse of the universe. As a, as a, a master creator, he laid out a master plan and design for the anatomy of the human body. I want to tell you, as perfect as the universe is uh, and the way that God created our solar system and made the earth conducive for life uh, and adapted man or made man perfectly to be able to live on the earth, uh, designed that human body perfectly to be able to do, to live, uh, amen, to express uh, his life. Nobody but a master designer. Jesus said, I am a master designer. I made good plans. I didn't just think of this yesterday. This has been in my mind from the beginning. And I will build my church. It requires the laying of a good foundation the selection and gathering of materials, the deliberate placing of every said material, and again, he builds in spite of it all. I've watched carpenters go to Lowe's or Home Depot or a lumber yard to select material, and they're pretty picky. They're pretty selective. 
They're choosy about what they want to work with. Pull that lumber off the rack. Set it aside. Pull another one out. Set it aside. And to my unknowing eye, to my eye of ignorance, I'm thinking, what's wrong? Ain't straight. Don't want to build with no crooked lumber. Amen. They hold that timber out looking for quality, straightness, perfection. Jesus didn't have such an option. He come to a world marred by sin. He walked into a world or was born into a world that was rotten with the stench of death. Jesus was given as material for such a church, rotten planks, curved and knotted pines, flawed and rejected material with which to work, and yet he still builds. What? Hallelujah. First Corinthians 1 and 26, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God, have chosen. God yeah. has selected. Yeah. God yeah. has handpicked oh, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Right. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence but of him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written he that glorieth let him glory in the Lord he said but of him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption I'll pull a crooked man out of the lumber yard and I'll make him straight I'll take an old naughty a naughty piece of timber and I'll smooth it out. I'll soften it up. I'll make it usable in my hand. I will build my church in spite of a second-rate lumberyard, in spite of a material that's full of seconds or rejects. I will make all things new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if there's enough breath in my lungs to praise God like I feel like praising God. In our text, as he stated, he would build his church. He wouldn't give us a set of tools, but rather a set of keys. We build with tools. He said, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Thank God. 
how in the world are you going to build with keys instead of tools? I'm glad you asked. A key implies a lock. A lock implies a closed door. A lock and a closed door imply, implies a prison. A prison implies prisoners uh, or someone that's locked up uh, or bound up. Uh, amen. Jesus saw the lost world as uh, people that were enslaved, uh, imprisoned, yeah. uh, bound, uh, and locked up uh, by sin. Yeah. And he said, in order to build my church, uh, you're going to need keys. You're going to need keys to the lumber yard. Yeah. You're going to need keys to the material yard. I'm going to let you in. Don't worry about the material. I'll open the door and let you in. And I'll make all things new. Luke 4 and 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty or to free them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of jubilee, meaning your sin debt is paid. Amen, you're now free. The slavery and imprisonment that sin brings with it is over. I have the keys yeah. to your deliverance. Come on, I have the keys to your deliverance. He said, I give you keys to my kingdom. Right. Amen. What such keys? This is the ignition key to my truck. And that right there is the key to my house. And that right there is the key to Caleb's house. And that right there is a key to my toolbox on the back of the truck. And I got another ring in the truck. It's got keys to the master locks uh, on the deer lease uh, and keys to the church house and all other kind of keys. Uh, oh yeah. But we, we ain't talking about the keys uh, to stuff. We're talking about keys uh, that set men free. Because that's how Christ is going to build his church. Oh, yeah. We're now talking about, uh, amen, the material that he uses uh, to build the church. Uh, he don't use lumber. He's not using brick and mortar. He's not using aluminum or steel metal. Amen. He's using redeemed men yeah. and women. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. How? Well, I build this church with a set of keys. Well, on that key ring, on the keys to the kingdom, you've got the master key of preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Preaching unlocks doors that can't be unlocked any other way. Right. Woo! John the Baptist, the Bible said, came preaching. Jesus, the Bible said, come preaching. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The disciples and the apostles all preached. And the Bible said God confirmed the word as they preached with signs and wonders. And they turned the world upside down. 
Paul in his last instructions to Timothy in building the Ephesian church uh, preach the word be instant in season out of season reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine scripture declared that it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching men might be saved yeah. preaching pleased God then and it pleases God now Preach Christ uh, spotless, uh, holy, and sinless. Uh, preach Christ uh, crucified, raised from the dead, uh, and coming again. Jesus uh, used uh, this key to free men. Peter, James, and John used this master key of preaching to win the known world. The apostle Paul and his uh, disciples used uh, this key of preaching. David Brainerd used this key yeah. to preach to the American Indian. Wesley used this key as he traveled our nation preaching to the lost coal miners uh, of his day as a circuit rider on horseback. Hudson Taylor used this key to preach to China. David Livingston used this key in the continent of Africa. B.H. Clinton, David Wilkerson, and men of old used this key across America and the world abroad. And you and I have the same key. Preach, my God. Preach. There's the key of prayer and fasting. Matthew 17 and 19, then came the disciples of Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? This kind goeth not out, uh, but by prayer and fasting. There's something about prayer that it builds up uh, your faith. And there's something about fasting uh, that casts down and destroys and starts out uh, fear and unbelief. Uh, he said the reason you couldn't cast the devil out of the boy is because of your unbelief. It don't come in the machinery of preaching. It don't come in the routine, systematic form of religion. It comes out of a relationship birthed with God in prayer and putting down that flesh and believing God. Amen. There's the key of prayer and fasting. Luke 6 and 12, it came to pass in those days that he, meaning Jesus, that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer unto God before Jesus ever chose his disciples. He prayed all night long. In Acts 12 and 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between Two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands and the angel said unto him, 
gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto them, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. He went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angels, but he thought it was a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they went through two locked prison doors. They walked past two guards that were on watch. How the church had pulled out the key ring of prayer and prayer was made without ceasing. Don't let them kill Peter like they killed James. We need him to preach to us. Set him free, Lord. I want to tell you, that same key is in your heart. Tucked away in your possession. If you want your children free, pull it out and use it. If you want to see your grandchildren born again and delivered, pull it out and unlock the door. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Time is not going to allow me to mention all of the keys on this ring because I'm out of time. The key of godly teaching and discipleship. You need to come to Sunday school and you need to study your Bible. The key of anointed worship. I want to tell you, you want an instrument uh, or behind a microphone. It matters, number one, how you live. And you need to stay prayed through and be full of the Holy Ghost. uh, Because anointed worship uh, will chase the devil away. Then there's a key of giving and stewardship. Uh, Some things God has planned to do won't get done unless we give. We see the divine possession. I will build my church. The church is his doing. The church is his bride. The church is his beloved. His redeemed. In in, in the song of Solomon 2 and 16, my beloved is mine and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. And then in chapter three, chapter six and verse three, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. Ephesians five and twenty-five. Husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that He might present it that he might present it, that he might present it to himself. I bought it. I washed it. I redeemed it. I sanctified it. I adorned it so that I could present it to myself. Wow, hallelujah. It's his. It's his. It's his. My God, it's his. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That he might present it to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church 
for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother shall be joined unto his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Yes. That's right. If Satan can defeat Christ, he can defeat the church. The church, but Christ said, I'm he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Hallelujah to God. Christ has keys because he conquered. And he said, I'm giving my key ring to my church. My bride is going to have a set. He came to feed me. And he walked to feed the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The divine structure, I'm closing. Stand with me, I'm closing. First Peter 2 and 5, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. The church is not brick and mortar, not a metal building, not a mud brick hut standing in Africa somewhere. The church is made up of redeemed men and women, yes, washed in the blood, sanctified by the truth of God's word, living epistles known and read of all men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where is this church? It's standing all around you. Where is this church? I've seen it in India. I've seen it in Africa. I've seen it in South America. And soon and very soon, I'm going to see it raptured, glorified, and filling the heavens. I want to ask you the question before we come and pray. Do you believe that Jesus is the master builder? Do you who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Peter's answer needs to be your answer. I say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. If you believe that I am, then you must believe I will build my church. Then the second question is, are you or do you intend to be a part of this church? And if that is your intention, are you going to meet him in this altar and say, Lord, if I'm going to be co-laborers with you in building this church, I'm going to need a set of keys. Lord, will you today give me the keys to the kingdom? Will you employ me
as a preacher of the gospel, as a prayer warrior, as an intercessory saint. Hallelujah. Will you employ me in fasting? Will you employ me in anointed worship? Would you employ me in godly teaching and the study of your word? Would you employ me in giving or sending those that you've called to go? Your answer is yes. I want you to meet him in this church or in this altar this morning. I want you to I want you to answer the question that he asked Peter. Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Hallelujah. If you give him the right answer, he's going to say unto you the same thing that he said to Peter. I will build my church. And I give to you the keys of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. The Lord's the builder. He's just given us the key to the material yard so that he can do the job. Hallelujah. Come on, lift them hands and love him in this altar this morning.